Hello and welcome to the Mindset Coach Podcast, the show where coaches and coaches-to-be tune in to learn how to integrate mindset coaching tools and neuroscience-based techniques into their practice and grow and scale a coaching business they love. Each week, I'll be sharing easy-to-implement tips, case studies, and business strategies that you can use right away to transform your own mindset and the mindset of those you coach. I'm your host, Lara Young, founder of the Mindset Coach Academy, author of 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, award-winning business owner, coach, and coach trainer. Tune into this podcast each Friday, free on all the podcasting apps, and click to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, mindset is everything. Hello. In today's episode, I've got a question for you. And that question is, do you see yourself as the CEO of your business? Do you see yourself as a coach? And they are two different things. And today I want to explore that and I want to also explore with you the concept of cultivating a CEO mindset because when as coaches we want to create a thriving, profitable coaching business, we need to shift our mindset from being a coach to being a CEO and it is a shift. There are a whole lot of qualities associated with being a successful business owner that maybe aren't included when we think about our coaching mindset. And our coaching mindset is something different altogether. So let's explore what the CEO mindset is and the different elements that I know make up the CEO mindset. And what I want you to do as you listen to this episode, follow along and just ask yourself, which elements, which aspects do I actually have and which ones do I want to develop or cultivate within myself? Now, what do I mean by CEO mindset? Well, CEO mindset refers to the thought processes, the behaviours and the attitudes that are commonly associated with successful CEOs. And this can really be broken down into a number of different areas. So the first one is strong leadership of self and of others. Now, for many of you who are coaching and have a coaching practice, you may not actually lead other people. You may have a team, you may have a VA, you may have other coaches working with you. But really, I think the key thing here is to be able to be a strong leader in terms of yourself, to really be able to be a great boss for yourself, to be someone who recognises the importance of setting goals, of following through on your word. When you make a commitment, then you actually do it. So when you say to yourself, I'm going to do that tomorrow, then you actually do it tomorrow rather than putting it off. You are the custodian of your own self. You're the custodian of how you're showing up in your business. And so being a really powerful leader for yourself and a really positive leader for yourself is very important. And of course, that's just not all about, it's also about being able to recognize the times when you do need to take a break, when you do need to stop and reflect or take that helicopter view or when you do need to help yourself to move out of procrastination or out of overwhelm and into action. So developing that ability to really lead yourself in an effective way is really important as you step into and maintain that CEO role for yourself. And one of the questions I like to ask people is, would you hire yourself? 
and really reflect on that. Like, would you hire yourself to do the job that you're doing, to run the business that you're running? And if the answer is no, or maybe, then there's obviously some work to be done. And if it's a wholehearted yes, that's great. How can you accelerate your performance each year so that you're improving consistently? If you do manage a team, then it's also about being able to really lead your team in a way that is inspiring, that gives them control of their area of responsibility, that you're not micromanaging them, that you are really helping them to see how they are part of the overall output or the overall outcomes that your business is achieving, and to really help them to grow and develop. The next one is strategic thinking. Now, being a strategic thinker is something that we all need to do to be successful in our businesses because often we can find ourselves in the minutiae, in the weeds, in the doing, rather than in the strategizing and the thinking and the forecasting of where we want our businesses to go. And in a recent episode, I talked about the importance of having a CEO day, and that is really important. It's important that you carve out time on a regular basis to take that more helicopter view and to think about the longer-term strategy of your business. And also underneath that comes things like decisions about the products and services you're going to offer, reviewing the success of those products and services, reviewing your marketing efforts, looking at your pricing structure. You know, pricing is a strategic decision. It's not one of those ones that we outsource. It's actually a very strategic decision in your business. So taking time to think more strategically and to look at ways of innovating, to look at ways of doing things differently in your business is so important. And innovation and creativity is actually the very next quality that you have when you have a CEO mindset, when you're successful. Because if you recognise that things maybe aren't working well, you can have creative solutions. When you've got a service that maybe isn't selling as well as you'd like it to, you can be creative and innovative in the way that that service is delivered. Oftentimes, I find that our coaching packages and services that aren't selling well by making a small tweak, either to the messaging or to the way in which it's delivered, makes a huge difference. And often that takes us stepping back and looking at how can we be more creative. Now, I recently had an experience of this because for quite a while since I've moved back to Australia from the UK, I've been getting up very early in the morning to run my Mindset Coach certification program a couple of days a week. And I'd always been trying to bend time, right, to try and think, okay, well, I'm really, it doesn't suit me particularly well to get up at when the time zones change from April to October to be getting up at half past four, quarter to five in the morning to then go and deliver training. So I was trying to think about, well, how could I do it? And I was staring at Time Buddy and my VA was involved. And then one day it just hit me, rather than getting up twice a week that early, why not make it one longer call and just get up once a week that early? And that really was like a big sigh of, oh my gosh, that is an aha moment right there. And so 
It didn't take a lot, but when I got to it, when I found the solution, it was a really simple one. It had probably been staring me in the face for a while, but I realised that I could change the way that I delivered the program in order to better fit in with my lifestyle. I have two young girls, as you may or may not know, and so I have school run and all that sort of thing to do in the mornings as well. And, you know, sometimes it does just take that bit of innovation and creativity to make a tweak so that whatever your services and products are that you're offering, that you are actually benefiting your clients. So your clients, they love them, but also that it really works for you and your lifestyle as well. Now, the next one is risk-taking. Now, risk-taking is important when we step into this CEO mindset because if we didn't take a risk, then we wouldn't know what works and what doesn't work. Now, there are no guarantees. Of course, there are no assurances when we launch a program or we launch an offering that it is going to sell. But when we start to take risks and we can step outside that level of our comfort zone and maybe even step outside the way things are traditionally delivered, so the way other coaches do them, then there can be huge benefit in that. And I'm not just talking about risk-taking for risk-taking's sake. I don't want you to sacrifice your profitability or your income in your business, but sometimes we do need to take a risk and then it can really yield results. Being part of a community can really help with that as well. You know, having that support, having people to bounce ideas around with really does make a big difference. The next one is decision-making. I mean, often I find that people end up in inertia because they simply can't make a decision. Or once they make a decision, then they're second-guessing it or they're crowdsourcing. They're asking everybody for their opinion or they're over-researching, they're procrastinating about making a decision. So this again comes back to really trusting yourself and knowing your strategy for decision-making. Some people, some of you out there will make decisions really quickly. Some of you will take a longer time to do so. Some of you will weigh up all the pros and cons and then act. Others of you will know intuitively what the right step or what the next best step is for you. Whatever your decision-making process is, it's really important that you do some reflection on what are the decisions that have worked out really well for you, which are the ones maybe that you would have done differently or would have chosen a different path. And you can start to gather information then, but also what that does, it helps you to become more and more confident as you are making decisions in your business. And one thing to realize too is that when you make a decision, you can change your mind. (laughs) I think often we forget that, you know, we go down a certain pathway and suddenly we think, actually, I really don't want to be doing this or this doesn't fit with me. And then we feel like we have to persist, but actually you're in control and you can make a decision to change. Let me ask you this question. If you're reading a book, say you go to the library or you buy a book that someone's recommended and you start reading it and you're not enjoying it, do you keep reading it or do you put it down? If you go into a cinema and you're watching a film and, you know, it's 10, 15 minutes in and you're thinking, I'm really not enjoying this, do you leave the theatre or do you stick it out? Those kind of things, and these are all, of course, behavioural preferences, but you can know that you can change your mind, that you can walk out of the theatre, you can stop reading the book, you can stop offering that package that you don't like delivering or that maybe isn't selling as well as you'd hoped that it would. 
okay? You can pivot at any time. You may have chosen a niche that maybe is not resonating with you anymore. You can change. And I think, you know, being able to make decisions, being able to recognise that nothing's set in stone is a really powerful level of awareness to have as a coach because that makes you more agile and more flexible. And it also means that you can start to look at what's going on in the world. Is this going to be really resonant with my ideal clients or is what I'm doing a bit tone deaf in terms of the current climate or what their actual needs are? Want to learn more about how you can become a certified mindset coach? Head on over to our website, www.mindsetcoachacademy.com forward slash coach certification, and you'll find all the information that you need along with a button to book a call with me to talk about how you can become the best coach you can be. The next one is problem solving. You really want to be able to be a great problem solver. You want to be able to get in and fix things in a way that's sustainable and has longevity. You want to be able to think creatively when you're solving problems as well so that then the outcome is one that lasts, right? It is one that is going to be maintained and that works for you in the short term and in the long term. The next one is resilience. Now, resilience is obviously the ability to bounce back, to navigate when things aren't going well. And part of resilience is having a sense of community and a sense of purpose and really effective communication. And those things all go together to ensure that you have resilience, that you can bounce back when the unexpected happens. And the final one is the ability to motivate and inspire yourself and other people. And this links really to the strong leadership of self and others. You need to be able to be self-driven. You need to be able to, on those mornings when you think, I really don't want to get out of bed today, to actually get out of bed and honour your word and honour your commitments. Of course, you can also decide that you're going to have a duvet day if that works for your business and your clients. But being able to motivate yourself and inspire other people is a key part of a CEO mindset. Now, What it also means is that you have a clear vision for the company, you've got the ability to make those decisions and the drive to continuously improve and also grow the business. So what is self-leadership? Now, let's look at this in more detail. We're going to go through each of them in a bit more detail. So this is really about the ability to take charge of your life, set goals and make decisions that move you towards your vision. So the things that you can do to develop leadership are to define your values and your purpose, know what's important to you and what drives you and make decisions that align with your values and your purpose. If you haven't already identified your values in your business, I highly recommend that you do that activity, that you sit down and do some reflection about what really is important to you and why it's important as well. In the Mindset Coach Certification, we spend a fair bit of time on values and diving in deeply into values because Values drive our behaviour, right? They're a motivating force for our behaviour. And if we know our values and we know our purpose, it really does help us to, I guess, keep on that pathway, keep on that track to the outcome that we desire to achieve. 
The second part of self-leadership is setting goals and identifying what you want to achieve and then creating a plan to get there. Okay, so it's it's two parts. It's we set the goal, we get really clear on the goal, and then we create a plan to get there. We create something that's tangible, that's action-based, that every day in every way you're moving forward to achieving what it is that you desire. The next one is taking responsibility. And this is all about taking responsibility and accepting responsibility for your actions and the outcomes of your decisions. This is a key element of CEO mindset and of self-leadership. Building self-awareness. Now, when you understand your strengths, your weaknesses and your triggers, then you can start to work on self-improvement. When you know what you're good at, when you know what your beliefs are, when you know what your values are, when you know what your behavioural preferences are, and you know the, how you run strategies and habits, then it provides a brilliant foundation for moving forward. And of course, the Mindset Dimensions Report, where we measure the seven core dimensions of mindset, enables you to be able to do that and to have that level of self-awareness about yourself, to really deeply understand yourself and lean into who you are so that you can then move forward far more easily than if you're working in a state of resistance and you know, rejecting parts of yourself or not acknowledging them. The next part is practice keeping your word and self-mastery. So this is really about developing those habits that support your goals and make it really easy to stick to your plans. You want to be able to stick to your plans, okay? You don't want to just say, I'm going to do something and then not do it. There's no point creating a plan. There's no point writing a to-do list if you know that the only action you're going to take is to write the thing rather than actually take the action. So, Honouring yourself, honouring your commitments to yourself. And if you have a team, of course, that's important that you're honouring your commitment to your team. But following through and, you know, making sure that you're planning in a way that is sustainable and that leads to outcomes is so powerful and so important. That's why I recommend the 90-day planning process. So that is an important way, an important skill for you to have to actually plan and execute the plan as well. The next is to learn from failures. Now, what we want to do, of course, is to embrace failures as opportunity for growth and learning. I often say there is no failure, there's only feedback. There's only more information that you have about how not to do something or how you can improve. And all of it is an opportunity for growth and learning. And again, one of the things that I commonly refer to is if we stop thinking about failing as failing and thinking about it as learning, it changes our mindset around that. It changes the whole dynamic of what it means to not succeed and to actually grow from experiences rather than reject them. The next is to seek feedback. You know, when you get feedback from other people, you're really gaining new perspectives and insights. Now, this is not about getting feedback on your pricing. This is actually about getting feedback on your coaching, getting feedback on your services, asking other people to review your skill, review their experience with you. Please ask for testimonials, do regular surveys, Ask for information about ways that you can improve your business and your offerings.
The next one is surround yourself with positive influences. Now, this is a really important one. You want to be seeking out people who inspire you and support you. You want to be part of a community that understands it, that gets it. Now, this can be an in-person community or an online community, whatever community that you join. This is just so useful when it comes to also building out your resilience. Dr. Kerry Cooper talks about in his definition of resilience, community being one of those integral foundational pillars of resilience. The next one is to take action. You need to start to make a start and take consistent steps towards your goals. Again, don't just do a to-do list. Don't just create a plan and think, well, that's nice. I'm done now. (laughs) We really want to be actually taking action and taking consistent steps towards those goals. And this is, again, about creating and instilling and installing those habits that you know that you're honouring your word to yourself. So when you say to yourself, I'm going to make that phone call or write that blog post or I'm going to put something out there on social media, or I'm going to do some work filming videos for my course, then you actually do it and you're honoring your word. The more that you trust yourself, the better it is, right? The more effective you are, the more able you are to develop your self-esteem. Because when we trust ourselves and we honor our own word, then we do build that self-love. We do build that self-respect and that self-esteem. You also then want to be able to reflect and assess. So you want to go back and reflect on your progress and adjust your plans as needed. So this is really important. And there is an episode where I talk about the review, like reviewing your year. And by year, I mean your 90-day year, your 90-day plan. Often when we're in it, we can't see it. When we're doing it, we can't see the progress that we've made. And so actually having those regular milestones and those progress checks is really important for us to learn, to grow, to develop, and to be able to be flexible and make changes as our plans change. And you can do that by looking at things that have gone well, things that you need to keep doing, things that you need to maybe stop doing and things that you may want to start doing in your business to be able to really move forward and achieve the goals that you've set for yourself. So they're the key elements of the CEO mindset. I wonder which ones that you have already. You probably recognize some that you're doing really brilliantly at. Maybe there are other areas that you recognize that you really want to improve on. I'd love to hear your feedback. And, you know, one of the things that you can do right now is to start to think about what makes me feel like a CEO? How do I know I'm the CEO of my business? What are all the ingredients? Maybe there's some anchors that you've got around you. Maybe you put on a certain item of clothing and you know it's time to go to work or you know it's time to show up for yourself. Maybe it's your office environment that when you sit down at your desk and you're working that there's something in there. Maybe you've got a candle. Maybe you've got um, your calendar on the wall. There's something there. Maybe you've got your goals. Maybe you're using your password as on your computer as your goal statement. What is it that you do that you know straight away from that doing that you're the CEO of your business? You know, how do you step into that CEO role and that CEO mindset? So if you're not already doing these things, I want you to create an action plan so that you know that you are going to take 
consistent, regular action towards stepping into that CEO mindset and being that person who, in addition to being an exceptional coach and transforming your clients' lives, you're also taking responsibility, being accountable and stepping into that role of CEO in your business, in your thriving, profitable coaching practice. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. Remember to join us next week for another episode and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you've loved it. Share it with your friends. And I really look forward to learning how you're implementing the tools and techniques that you're learning here. Mindset is everything.